Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Ne Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj Prabhupada Ki Jai Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda Ki Jai Sri Namacharya Silahari Das Thakur Ki Jai Prayam Sikha 
Vedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Ananta Koti Vaishnavrita Ki Jai, Sri Ramacharya Sila Haridas Thakur Ki Jai, Preyam Sikhaul Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopagam Okanath Shaimakunda Radha Kundagiri Ovadan Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Grantha Raj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Gaur Premanandi, Om. 
glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories, all glories, all glories to Siguru and Sigoranga. Namon Vishnu Badaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Srimati Bhaktivedanta Swamini Tinamani Namaste Saraswati Devi Kuravani Vichayani Nirvisesha Sanyavadi Pasjata Deshitarini Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, good morning and thank you all for coming. It's wonderful to be back in Dallas surrounded by old friends. And I mean old. There's not a young one here. Is there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much to today's classes in uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, uh, Chapter 38, and I believe it's text 18. Yes, text 18. We're going to, text 18 is very short. Then there are no purports for a couple of verses. We may go all the way up until 22 which is probably the next, what the next class would be on because there's a purport. So we'll go um, as we'll just see where we go. And if you have any questions or comments at any time, don't wait. You don't have to wait till the end. Just, you know, we're all friends here. So let's, uh, let's just have a nice discussion. Sweet part of the, of the Srimad Bhagavatam, as we all know. Na... Mai Upaishati Ari Budhim Achutaha Kamsaya Dutaha Prahito Pi Vishwa Drik Yo Nantar Bahis Chetasa Etad Ihitam Chetra Gya Ikshati Amalena Chakshusha Namaya Upashati Aribudhim Machutaha Kamsayadutaha Prahitopi Vishwadrik Yontar Bahish Chetasa Itad Ihitam Chetraga Ikshati Amalena Chakshusha Na mai upashati ari budhim achutaha. Kamsayadutaha prahito pi vishwadrik. Yantar bahis chetasa etad ihitam. Yantar bahis chetasa etad ihitam. 
Chitragya ikshati amalena chakshusha Namayupashati aributhima chuttaha Kamsaya duttaha prahitopi vishwadrik Yontar bahis chetasa etar ihitam Chetraga ikshati amalena chakshusa Others? Want to give it a shot? No? Na, not. Mai, toward me. Upaishati, will he develop? Ari, of being an enemy. Budim, the attitude. Achutaha, the infallible Lord. Kamsaya, of Kamsa. Dutaha, a messenger. Prahitaha, sent. Api, although. Vishwa, of everything. Drik, the witness. Yaha, who antaha inside bahi and outside chetasaha of the heart etad this ihitam whatever is done chetra of the field of the material body gya the knower ikshati he sees amalena with perfect chakshusha vision translation the infallible lord will not consider me an enemy even though kamsha has sent me here as his messenger after all the omniscient lord 
is the actual knower of the field of this material body. And with perfect vision, he witnesses both externally and internally all the endeavors of the conditioned soul's heart. So I say, and you can say, the infallible Lord will not consider me an enemy. Even though Kamsha has sent me here as his messenger. After all, the omniscient Lord is the actual knower of the field of this material body. And with his perfect vision, he witnesses both externally and internally all the endeavors of the conditioned soul's heart. Purport. Being omniscient, Lord Krishna knew that Akrura was only externally a friend of Kamsa. Internally, he was an eternal devotee of Lord Krishna. Om Agyanta Marindasya Gananjanan Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Shtapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dananti Swapadanti Kam Bancha Kalpata Rubyascha Kripasindhubhivacha Patitanam Pavanavya Vaishnavavya Namo Namaha once again, the verse, the infallible Lord will not consider me an enemy, even though Kamsa has sent me here as his messenger. After all, the omniscient Lord is the actual knower of the field of this material body. And with his perfect vision, he witnesses both externally and internally all the endeavors of the conditioned soul's heart. So, um, Akrura has been sent as uh, by Kamsa as his messenger. He's trying to summon uh, Krishna. He wants to he wants to trap Krishna. He wants to get Krishna in a place where he can kill him. He wants to do away with Krishna. So uh, Akrura is a friend of Krishna. They're associates. They uh, they know each other. They're uh, acquainted. So. Uh, Kamsa has sent Akura. Please, you, since you can get audience with Krishna, he'll listen to you. You go summon him to a meeting. You know, he'll listen to you. So, uh, off you go, and uh, I'm going to sharpen my sword and get ready for Krishna to show up. You see, so Akura, though, uh, as he's traveling to Vrindavan, he's remembering Krishna not as a friend of Kamsa's, which he was an associate of Kamsa, but he's remembering Krishna uh, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his worshipable Lord. So as every mile passes, you know, as every foot passes, he's thinking more and more of Krishna. You know, and he's thinking, when I get to Vrindavan, I'm going to get to see Krishna. Krishna will be there. I'll throw myself at his feet. Balaram will embrace me. Krishna will put his arms around me. Balaram will take me to his house and, you know, uh, I'll be served some nice prasadam. I get to associate with, with uh, Krishna and Balaram. So he's thinking like that. He's not thinking. Uh, and he's not feeling like, oh, well, what if Krishna thinks that I've sided with 
Tecumseh somehow, and now I'm against him, and I've come here as part of the plot, you see. He's knowing because he knows Krishna. He knows and he, because of his deep faith in Krishna and faith in his relationship with Krishna. He knows that when I get there, Krishna's not going to think that I'm some rascal sent by Kamsa. He's going to know because he knows within and without, you see, internally and externally. He knows uh, the, what's happening in the heart of the conditioned soul. Krishna knows see so he's uh, thinking like that Krishna is not going to misunderstand my intentions he's going to know that I've come here uh, both as a messenger to do my duty but really to see him and that I'm here as his devotee primarily I'm here as his devotee you see so because of the uh, Love in, that the devotee develops as he performs bhakti yoga. He's always thinking that I'm, he's always feeling close to Krishna. You see, now we don't feel like we're close enough, but because we're chanting, the devotee's constantly chanting. We spend at least two hours a day chanting. You see, how can you not feel close to Krishna when you're vibrating that sound? You see, you're, you're associating. With with Krishna as you chant the Maha Mantra. So the devotee gets to, feed, to associate with Krishna. Um, as, as we're doing our daily activities, they associate with, with Krishna because we're devotees of Krishna. So what we do is in, in service to Krishna. You see, someone may, may go uh, work a job, but you're doing it as a devotee of Krishna. You see, I'm earning money because I have... Uh, I have devotional responsibilities. I have a, a wife and children. I have a place that I live. I have my altar there. It's my my home is my is a place where I sleep and eat. But it's also my place of worship. It's one of my places of worship. You see, so uh, that my house is also a temple. So I'm supporting this temple. The devotee opens his doors and invites people over for. Uh, some sadhu sangha, you know, and uh, kirtan, shares prasadam, you see. So it's worthy, a home, the home of a devotee is worthy of supporting, you see. It's not like this is just my griha. This is my cave where I, I go and uh, eat, sleep, mate, and defend, you see. It's not, it's, it's not the same. I've, uh, some people have argued with me, what's the difference? Eating and sleeping is the same mating, and then you have to defend it. Well, no, it's not. No, it's actually a temple, you see. So it's worthy of supporting. And if you support um, your, your own personal temple, your griha becomes your temple, then you're performing devotional service by your activities to earn money to support your preaching, whatever it may be, you know. You, you, may, you may, from your endeavors, you may take some... Uh, portion of your income and buy books and give them or sell them or uh, sponsor book distributors you know many grihastas do that they'll 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 say to the uh, to the book distributor hey here's a case of books you know or here's a a few cases of books whatever or you let me know what books you need and I'll buy them for you you see so um, 
this purifies the activities of the devotee. So therefore, the devotee, even at, even while he's at work earning money, he's performing bhakti yoga. This brings him closer to Krishna. You see. Now, uh, it points out here. This verse illustrates that Krishna knows within the heart of the conditioned soul. So Krishna knows when you may go and approach him and say, well, I'm just going to throw some money at, at Krishna or I'm going to throw something on the altar, you know, and, uh, and I'll get some benefit. I want some benefit. I want to walk out of here with more benefit than I walked in. So I've got some flowers or a bag of rice or, you know, a case of mangoes or whatever, and I'm going to go place them on the altar. And then when I walk out that door... My, there's good fortune awaiting me. You see, Krishna knows the intent. Within, within, he knows the intent of the devotee. He knows when, he, when we're thinking, all right, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to go through the motions. I'm going to do it because I have to. I'm going to chant my rounds because I got to. You know, I don't want to, but I got to. So, okay, here it goes. Okay, I'm finished. Wow. Now I can go I can go do some nonsense. It's like Prabhupada was was chanting one time and he, he was mimicking the devotees. And then he goes, he slams his beads down and he says, There, I finished my my sixteen rounds, and now I can do anything damned. He's off that that's often misquoted as now I can do any damn thing I want I want. And some people twist that around, that once you do your 16 rounds, you can do anything you want. But Prabhupada was actually being facetious. He was saying, now I, I've done my 16 rounds, now I can do anything damned. Meaning that now that I've done, that the, the thinking that the devotees have is, now that I've done my 16, I can go out and do nonsense. You see. So I got, I got my, uh, uh, my quota done for the day. I'm finished with my rounds. you ever have anybody say that to you? I'm finished with my rounds. What do you say when somebody says, hey, have you finished your rounds? I always say, when do you ever finish? I've done the minimum already. Yeah, I, I passed the minimum. But I don't see any reason why I should stop at the minimum. You know, somebody said, this is... This is your eternal salvation. Okay? This is your relationship, your eternal relationship with Krishna. Your guru has given you a process to achieve the Supreme Lord. So, why would you do just the minimum? Now, you do the minimum on things that you just don't like. You know, if, if it's like... Uh, cleaning the bathroom. Well, you don't like to clean the bathroom. So you get in there, you do just exactly what you need to do to say, I clean the bathroom, and you're out the door. It's a stinky job, right? You know? There's a lot of things like that. You know, maybe cutting the grass or something. Something that you go and you do. Hare Krishna Bhakti Steve. Good to see you. Well, my day's complete now. So you see, it's like that. We, there's some, there are many things that, are, that we see as stinky jobs. 
I just want to get in there, get it done, get it over, and go on with some fun stuff. You see. So we shouldn't let uh, our Krishna conscious activities fall into that category. You see. These, this, these are our eternal activities. Kirtan, chanting, preparing prasadam for Krishna. The, I, I've often said that ISKCON, Prabhupada has given us this ISKCON, and it's kind of like training wheels for Goloka Vrindavan. You've got training wheels on now. This is, this is an experience. This is what you will be doing when you go back. You know, is it, do we think that, and I talk with people sometimes, and it sure seems like, uh, not just devotees, but I mean non-devotees as well. It seems like, well, I can do whatever nonsense. As long as I'm going through the process, you know, I'm, I'm showing up at church, I'm reading my Bible, I go to the temple, I read some Gita, I chant, I take some prasadam, and then I go off and I be pretty much a non-devotee, you know. I mean, not that I do uh, breaking the principles, but I'm focused in this movie and that movie, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just caught up, I'm up to my ears in, in being an American or a European or, you know, an Indian. You see what I mean? When I walk out the door, I leave it behind me, you see. And, and I may not be so attached to chanting Hare Krishna. That's okay. This is the time of death. I'm going to go back home, back to Godhead. And Krishna's got this magic wand, and he's just going to hit you with this magic wand. All of a sudden, now I have a desire. Never had it all my life, but I'm going to walk, you know, Krishna's going to give me the desire. He'll give me this uh, attraction to chanting, to being, a de to wearing devotional clothing. I don't have it now, but Krishna's going to give it to me. It'll all sort out. Krishna will handle it all at the end. So right now, I'm going to do what I'm going to do what they asked me to do. You see. So, uh, does Krishna know what's in your heart? Who are we feeling? I mean, who are we fooling? Now, how personal are we? We need to always, I have to do this with myself. I think most of us do, or many of us do. We have to do an impersonalist check once in a while. We need an impersonalist checkup, you see. I, I think of myself, you know, when people are alcoholics, you ever, they'll say, they don't say, um, I used to be an alcoholic. They'll say, I'm a recovering alcoholic. You ever heard that? Have you ever heard anybody say, well, I used to be an alcoholic? Well, the guys that have it under control, they say, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Wow, when's the last time you had a drink? Oh, it's been 37 years. But I'm still recovering. Because they take it seriously. They know that I could fall back into that pool, you see. I was so immersed into it. It was my world. I lived it, and I believed it, and I worshipped it. I was attracted, attached. I was the whole nine yards to that, you see. So I'm recovering. I'm getting away from it. It may be 40 years since I've touched a drink, but I'm still conscious of the potential for me to fall back. 
see. So I, I often tell people, I am a recovering impersonalist. I was an impersonalist before I came to this movement. I was an impersonalist for a long time after I came to this movement. I didn't know it. I had, I had no idea. I, I was, uh, one of my favorite uh, stories is uh, I was having lunch with Jai Dwaita Swami in Mayapur. We started to talk, and he likes to get real deep. You know, he's so much fun to, to talk with. And he was saying, uh, uh, well, we were comparing notes. When we both became devotees, we started reading uh, Srila Prabhupada's books. We started reading Bhagavad Gita, you know. And you don't even get through the, the, the introduction. And Prabhupada is hammering these mayavadis. I mean, you don't have to get very far in any of Prabhupada's books, and you see, boy, he is hammering these people. One, I mean, just bang, bang, bang. Nobody else does he hammer. He doesn't criticize, but boy, he's really hammering on these mayavadis. When you start to think, Jadway tomorrow, he agreed, who are these guys? Who are these mayavadis, you know? Did they used to hassle him on his way to school and steal his lunch money or something? You know, what was it? I mean, what is the deal with these mayavadis? He's just... And then after some time, you start to realize, he's talking about me. I'm the Mayavadis. I, I never thought of God as being a person. I didn't. I mean, I kind of thought that maybe, you know, once in a while you have a, a, a quick vision of an old man with a long white beard and long white hair, wearing a white robe, and he's looking down from a cloud because you don't have any other information. So some people have pictured him as that way. I think Michelangelo. Did Michelangelo showed him like, you know. So we know he's got to be a realized soul. So it's gotta, that's got to be God, right? Is that the Sistine Chapel? Yeah. So a lot of people, because it's there, they accept it. Well, that's what God is like, you know. So... But that's the only image we had. Of course, it's, it's impossible for us to believe that he's an old, feeble old man with long hair. <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah. And we, but the Supreme Personality of Godhead, if you could be anything, if you could be any form, wouldn't you be Krishna? Beautiful, youthful, you see. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Krishna. He's the guy that everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to be Krishna. It's part of the reason why we're here in this material world. I came here because I wanted to be Krishna, and I wanted him to stop being Krishna. You know, I don't want to be Krishna and compete with Krishna. I want to become Krishna and him be maybe me. You know, or somebody else, so that I can get in there and in the in the center and have everybody attracted to me. You know, I want to be the one that they think is the best dancer, the best flute player, the best uh, the best friend, the best lover. You see, I want all the girls to follow me around and be attracted to me. 
See, we carry these things with us into the material world. Psychologists will tell you that uh, for most men, that's their ultimate desire, is to be attracted by all women, to have many lovers, and they're all attached and attracted to you. And you're greater, you're greater at sex life than any man. You're the greatest. And they want to hear a woman tell them that. You're the greatest. Now, what does that sound like? Could it be enviousness of the supreme lover? It's, it's what we carry with us into this material world. You see, we're trying to recover. But we don't... Uh, we, we, we don't... Uh, forget this impersonal nature that we've had for umpteen gazillion years, you see. So once in a while we may fall back into that and we may think for a, a, a brief moment, a brief second, we may think, well, Krishna doesn't know. I mean, subconsciously, he doesn't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something on the altar and pretend like it's love, but really I want, I want some return, you know. I want some punya. You see? And he won't know. Maybe he's not looking. Maybe he's looking over there at Chaitanya Charan. He doesn't notice that I put something on the altar. And, and uh, I'm, I just want the benefit. I don't want that. I don't want any entanglement with him and this love and all that stuff. You know, I'm, I just want the, the goodies. I want, you know, I want him to fill my, uh, my pockets and and whatever, you know, I want, I want some benefit, you see. So, sometimes we have a tendency to get a little impersonal and think that I can do something and he's not going to catch me. I'm going to get away with it, you know. I mean, after all, there's, there's nobody around. I'm out here all by myself. So I can do some nonsense and who's to know, you see. So that's, the, that's our impersonal side. And sometimes we can just turn him off. We can, for, for us to do nonsense, we have to actually push Krishna aside. If you're thinking about Krishna and you want to do nonsense, you, you kind of have to you know, push him out of your mind and let some nonsense come in. You see. Yeah, we could come up with some excuse. Well, I had to because uh, of this or that or whatever. But so, you know, I don't know about you, but I have a rascal, a, a rascal tendency to try to forget Krishna. And sometimes, by the grace of Guru, I have a, a tendency to try to remember Krishna. I even tell Krishna, I, oh, I, I wish I could always remember you and never forget you. And I get the feeling that Krishna says, I believe you for this moment right now. But I know that later on today, you're not going to feel that way. You're going to want to forget me. You know? So if we ask Krishna, how can I, I, my dear Lord, please let me, give me the boon that I'll always remember you and never forget you. How can he grant that when he knows in our heart? As a, a cruel 
thinking like this. He, he's knowing, but how can he give you that when he's thinking? No, you don't. No. In a little while, later on today, you're going to want to forget me. You're going to want to replace me with something nonsense, something material. I'm ready to give you this wish that you will always remember me and never forget me. But I want you to mean it. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing in this bhakti yoga. That's why we, we chant nicely and we, we hear, we come together, we hear Srimad Bhagavatam. You see? We associate with like-minded people. You know? We wear clothing that reminds us of Krishna, of being a devotee. Some people say, well, you know, wearing this kind of cloth doesn't remind me of, why does it remind you of Krishna? I don't know, it just does. Reminds me of Prabhupada, the cloth that he wore, and he reminds me of Krishna. So, kind of, the whole thing goes together. You know, this Hare Krishna movement that he gave us, you know, the things that we do throughout the day, uh, going to the programs, offering prasadam, taking prasadam, associating with devotees, you see, performing our devotional activities through the day. As I said, even if you're working a job, you're performing devotional activity. If you're a devotee, if you're a devoted devotee, you see. So um, we have the opportunity to remember Krishna and never forget him. It's there. It's, it's there for us. And he's, he's got it in his hand. He's willing to give it. He's willing to hand it to you. But you've got to get to where you really mean it. You really, you know. What we really mean is I want to I remember you, my dear Lord. I want to remember you. But not all the time. I don't, I'm not ready for an all the time thing, you know. I'm thinking maybe 60, 70%, you know. I want you to be in my mind 60, 70% of the time, maybe 80, maybe even 90. But I got to have some downtime of my own, you know. I got to have some time when I can get into some nonsense. Now, is that right? Am I, am I, being, am I exaggerating? Yeah. Now, why, no, no, why is that? But Why? What's, what's happening in our minds for us to think like that? Huh? Envy? Yeah. We, we're not over our envious nature, our, our, uh, the envy thing, that, that, that's there. And we're not 100% sold out yet. False ego? Exactly. Yes, Prabhu? <clears throat> He did? Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Well, what you're describing is, is, is actual reality. When we remember Krishna, we feel blissful. Oh, while we're remembering him. And especially when we're not thinking of him, then all of a sudden we remember, we get back on track, you see. But the reason why we fade off and we go to television or movies or some sort of a... Uh, we have to make a departure. <clears throat> you know, into something else. I could sit down and read the Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita, but you know, I don't have the faith that that's going to do it for me. Like I have the faith in going to happy hour or some intoxication or some other kind of enjoyment, you see. Going to a movie, turning on a TV and watching that. I got faith in that. I know that if I watch that, I'm going to be entertained. That's going to give me some gratification. And I don't know, you know, if I have full faith that Krishna will give me. Sometimes I do, but I don't know. I'm kind of in one of those moments where I don't think he, you know, I think I could get more gratification doing something else. You see? You stayed engaged. Yeah, you stayed engaged. <clears throat> we can stay engaged, you know, under the concept of, uh, of, being, of having independent time. See, what you're talking about is there was a program. You join the temple and there's a program. You know, hey, Prabhu, we're quite, let's, you know, uh, have you, have you, you know, take some prasadam and uh, hurry up because we're all going to go out on book distribution. And then it's like uh, you come back in, okay, we're, why don't you take a bath and put on some nice cloth and we're going to go on Harinam. You see? So it's kind of like here, and let's, hey, let's go do this. Let's go. Now, if you didn't, if you were way too tired or you had other service to do or you're sick, you'd say, no, no, I've got to do this or I've got to do that, you know. But, but most people would say, oh, yeah, Jai. Well, it's time to, Harinam, Jai, let's go. You see? So we were in an environment where these things were, were being uh, available, <clears throat> made available to us. When we get into a situation where we are exercising free will of our own time, making our own decision of what will I do next, you know? So now it's, it's 8.30, okay, what should I do? Uh, okay, I think I'll take prasadam, I think I'll do this. And then I'll maybe take a quick nap, and then I'll, I'll go for a Joppa walk, and then uh, I've got to stop by the store and get this, and I've got to do that. <clears throat> then I want to cook some prasadam, make that offering, and then I'm going to 
this and I'm going to that. So you can plan your own day. <clears throat> when you're planning your own day, you, that gives you the, the liberty to stick in a little bit of Maya. You know? I mean, Maya's all over the... It's just everywhere. Maya's in your face, you know? So it's easy, it's easy to think, well, you know, I'm going to do this and this and this, and I'll make, some, I'll make a nice offering. Oh, and then I'll go do... You fill in the blank, whatever, some something nonsense, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's part of the problem. We, when we're in the temple scene like that, we're held in the mode of pure goodness. All of our activities are focused towards Krishna and serving Krishna, so we're held into the mode of pure goodness. Not that we could, not we're forced, but I mean, it's just like a, a magnet. It just keeps us, it holds us, holds our attention, holds our attraction, you know, our, like that. Uh, when we get away from that, now we're exposed to goodness, passion, and ignorance. I mean, when you walk out the door, the mode of passion just hits you right in the face. You know? Did... Oh, yeah. seems easier yeah it, it what it does is it gives you a chance to uh, to get uh, comfortably numb you know that old Pink Floyd line you get comfortably numb you're not really concentrating on the story on the television you're not you're because you're kind of thinking about that and you're kind of thinking about what you need to do later and kind of thinking about what you did earlier and maybe how you should have done it differently and you're able to kind of just kind of space out follow the story a little bit on the screen in front of you and think of all these other things and at any minute if you if you decide this is another thing that that makes us uh, go for that kind of entertainment if at any minute you decide that you want to do something else, all you have to do is turn it off and go do it. Or, you know, you can, uh, with the televisions they have now, they have these, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, they have these uh, satellite or even cable TVs where you can pause it. What do they call that? DNR? Not, huh? DVR. Yeah. DVR? Yeah. So you, you can be watching TV, watching your favorite show, and decide, hey, I want to go do some other nonsense. So you can just pause it and then come back an hour or so later, start off right where you left off, you see. So you've got that lack of pressure. There's no pressure on you. I can sit here and I can space out as long as I want to. Well, within reason, I have other things that I'm going to have to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Using the how is camouflage. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah. And then there's that element. You know, if I can look like everybody else and do some nonsense, they're not going to be able to say, oh, look at that guy. He's a Hare Krishna. Why is he behaving like that? You see, I can, so I can go blend in and I can do nonsense. You know, I mean, I mean, really, let's just get into the logical operations of the human mind. Why else would you want to blend in with the other crowd? Unless you just want to observe them. Sometimes... It is fun. <clears throat> of course, the devotee, it's, 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 it's difficult for a devotee to completely blend in, you see, because, uh, I mean, unless you really work at it, you've got to work at it for, for, to go out there and for them at least not to know that you're something different. Because, you know, here you, you're walking around with a bunch of wood on your neck. You know, you got, you've got Tulsi all over your neck. You've got some remnants of this morning's tea lock. It's not completely gone. They can't see a, a block away, but somebody, they could kind of tell there was something on your head, you know. And, and there's just something about you. First of all, they can smell you. You smell like incense. So you, and that's a foreign smell. It smells good, but it's different. You ever heard, had people say, well, what do you smell like? You know, I can't, you just smell different. You ever, you know, well, we, that's the way we are. We, we walk out. We can't smell it because, you know, our senses, our sense of smell has become accustomed to it. It's just like, you know, um, I can remember years ago when I was in business, I would pack my clothes. I had to go to a business trip, you know, so you pack your suitcase. And I'm talking business clothes. So I pack my business clothes and put them in my suitcase fly to Los Angeles or somewhere like that, you know, and then you get into a hotel room and you open up your suitcase and all of a sudden that smell comes out, the smell of the incense and every, you know, and you think, that's how I smell. I mean, for several hours, <clears throat> you've been away from that. You haven't smelled, you see what I mean? So then you open your suitcase and that aroma comes out and you think, wow, it smells like the temple of my house. You know, I'm burning incense, so... Uh, so we may think we're incognito, but there's people can generally tell something, you know, about you that that you're at least different. You're, you're not blending in. You may think you are. Now, some people can actually do it. Some people, some devotees work so hard at it that they can, and, and they 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 achieve it, you know. But uh, but it's not an easy thing, you know. You can't just you can't just put on a hat and some sunglasses and go out and nobody notice that you're you're not exactly like them, you know. Because the devotee he walks differently, he talks differently, uh, we think differently, we react differently, we're programmed differently than the rest of the world. You see. Now, that's a good point. That's a very good point. The devotee in them. In other words, their true self 
is poked, you know. Maybe not totally awakened, but it's, it gives them a little poke. And they're thinking, they, they, they connect with you, you know. I mean, we've all noticed that. Yeah. How many times have you been going through the checkout counter at Walmart or someplace, and the person there tell you, wow, you, you made my day. And you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just paying like the guy in front of me and the guy behind me, you know. But, but hey, you know what, you made my day. I'm thinking, really? Well, I'm glad. That's nice of you to say, you know, how did I do that? You know, what did I, what did I do? So, but yeah, I, there, there is that element. For uh, one brief moment, I've had this refreshing uh, encounter with someone who reminds me of a piece of me inside. You know? There's something about you that's refreshing. So, not that we become puffed up and think, well, you know, I really am special. Yeah, and see, and see. Now that's compassion. The devotee's compassion. When you walk away, by the time you get out the door, or shortly thereafter, they're going to slip back in. The mode of passion is going to pull them back into whatever they're doing. However, there's a strong possibility that they're going to remember that. They may go home and tell their wife or their husband, "Hey, you know, I don't know what it was, but I saw this person today." just they were different just different well how how were they different i i don't know i'm just they were happy I, I felt happy i felt at peace i don't know i don't i don't know i can't put my finger on it but it's just something real nice about it yeah mother linda do you have a question uh-huh yeah You could just tell there's something really different. Of course, I mean, you know, there's. We all have to agree there really is something different about Rupanuga. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but no. But every devotee, you notice, boy, there's really something. Yeah, he he will make you feel happy. But I I had that experience many times with people at, at jobs. You know, I would have is usually a supervisor, you know, a boss or the chief executive officer or something. They would say, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. <clears throat> but there's something really different about you. I've never met anybody like you before. And I'm thinking, well, you've just never met a devotee. You know, there's millions of us. You just haven't met us, you know. I, I should have said, well, come to Kalachanjis. You'll meet a lot of us, you know. But, uh, but no, that's that's common, you see. So, um, even in the heart of the non-devotee, they can tell what's in the heart of the devotee. Not like Krishna can. Krishna knows exactly what's in your heart. But even the non-devotees can feel something. And it's a heart-to-heart -heart connection. 
it's not an, uh, an observation where they're, they're observing your mode of dress. Uh, I mean, it could be they're looking at your Juggernaut hat. But that's just the beginning. But it's a... Yeah. It's a heart-to-heart -heart connection. You're, you're connecting with somebody. So if we take it seriously, the devotee is always preaching. We can't, in other words, the, the opportunity is there to always be preaching. Always. I mean, it may be subtle. You know, you may not... Yeah, we just need to learn how to wake them up. And the best way to do it is for you to be a devotee. First and foremost, your first uh, responsibility to Guru and Krishna and to yourself is to be as much of a devotee as you can be. You see? And that way, now, if as we go around dressed in street clothes... And still people are noticing something about us. What would it be like if we went... I mean, I know we can't always. But if more often we went, into, we went up about our daily activities dressed as a devotee. Or maybe you've got street cloth on, but you've got your T-lock still on. You didn't wipe your T-lock. It's still there, you see. Or and maybe you don't try so hard... Don't put forth any effort whatsoever to blend in. You just go out. You know, maybe sometimes you run to the store, you just pull on yogi pants and a kurta. You see, whatever. So in other words, if people are recognizing us when, we're, when we think we're incognito, if they still pick you out, let's make it a little easier for them. Because it's amazing... When I, when, I, when I travel, like on, uh, by plane, uh, North America, wherever, I, I don't wear street cloth. I always wear my, um, uh, my devotional clothing. And it's just, it makes the whole trip much sweeter. Because I always get somebody saying, wow, man, are you, are you a Hare Krishna? Are you, first it will start out, are you a monk? Because, you know, the color, you know. Then they'll say, are you a Hare Krishna? Well, yeah, I am. And a lot of times I say, wow, where have you guys been? I used to see you in the airports all the time. Well, I, th I didn't know you were, hey, honey, look, there's a Hare Krishna. Remember, we were talking a year ago, so ago, where would those guys go? You know, we thought you were extinct. They, they think we're an endangered species. You see, why? They don't see us. Why? There's a lot of us because we're not out there in front of them. They may be walking 
down the street there may be devotees on the other side of the street or they come in contact with the devotees and they may not they don't get close enough to notice that they're different or devotees you see and I, I tell them well we're here there's more of us now than ever before but they're, they're not seeing us you know that's our fault that's our problem yes Misha Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's and that's true. If I what else do I feel like when I'm wearing my devotional clothing? I feel like a devotee. You know? Uh, a policeman, when he's wearing a policeman's outfit, he feels like a, like a cop. You know? I got my gun. I got my, my uh, whole thing, my whole policeman's outfit. I feel like I have authority. I feel like I can tell you, hey, buddy, move that car. If I'm in street clothing and I come up and say, hey, buddy, move that car. I, 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 had that, I, I had that situation one time. I was caught in traffic. I don't remember where it was. I was think, I'm thinking it was New York City. But anyway, I was caught in traffic. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm leaning out the window trying to figure out what the heck is going on. You know, why are we all sitting here like this? And I, I'm thinking, you know, if I could just go up there just like a half a block and turn left, I could go around all this mess. I think I'll do that. And then I leaned out the window, I started to pull out, and I see a guy out there, plain clothes, and he's directing traffic. And he looked at me, he puts his hand up to stop. And I'm thinking, who the heck are you? I only have to go a half a block and turn left, and I'm getting out of this mess. So I start to go anyway. And he puts his hand up again. And I, I just went like, like this. And he reaches in his pocket and pulls out his badge. And I was immediately, oh, yes, sir. You have credibility. You see? If, without that, I'm thinking, hey, who are you to tell me what to do? You see? Credibility. He gets credibility. If you're giving class someplace it's just like there's these uh, uh, I've often uh, thought about you know some there's discussion that maybe we should give class and I give class in yoga uh, studios a lot you know and uh, some people say well if we go in dressed less like a devotee we'll be more effective well how in the heck is that if if you're dressed like everybody else in the room where's your credibility then it's just like, well, you have an opinion, I have an opinion. I mean, there's enough of that if you're dressed like a devotee. But at least if you're dressed like a devotee, you're making a commitment. So look at this, this fool's walking around wearing a sheet. He's got that stuff smeared all over his head. This guy believes in what he's doing. I mean, I'm here trying to be a groovy 21st century uh, what do they call them? Uh, uh, 
the new generation, you know. I'm, I'm trying to show that I'm hip and with it. And here this guy is in here dressed like that. I, he's, he, that, that shows me commitment. Now, I don't know if I agree with him. But one thing I know is he believes in what he's talking about. I mean, he's committed. For him to walk around looking like that, you see. So it gives you credibility. You know, people may say to you, I've heard people say, the only thing, the only thing that I really believe is that you believe what you're talking about. Which makes me give it a second thought. I'm, convi- I'm convinced that you're convinced and not just a little you see so we've got to we've got to show that conviction we've got to demonstrate that conviction as devotees you see now, some people may call you a fanatic Jad wait tomorrow says when people call me a fan- fanatic I take it as a compliment you know someone says ah, you're just a fanatic well thank you sir you're very nice too Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a sold out fanatic. I've sold my soul. Yeah, <laughs> I swallowed the hook, as they say. So, all right, it's getting a, a little late, so maybe we should wrap it up. Is there anything else? Any other comments or questions? All right, all glories to Srila Prabhupada.
Hare Rama, 